Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breaking Down the Tape. Um, this week, you'll notice that there is no witty banter in the beginning. Um, there's also no Hector, unfortunately. Our schedules didn't match up this week, and we're starting to get a little bit past, too far past the Super Bowl and the last time we recorded, so wanted to get this out to you guys. Um, obviously, we're re- week removed from the Super Bowl, so we got to talk about it. Um, great game, you know, Chiefs 38, Philly 35. Um, I know that there's been, if you've been on social media or maybe you feel this way, um, you know, I know there's been a lot of chirping, a lot of talk about how football fans are frustrated and how we didn't get the ending that we wanted. The Eagles were cheated, all sorts of narratives. Um, we'll get there. I'll give you a little bit of a teaser. I disagree, but we'll get there. Um, so yeah, overall, uh, Chiefs by three. Um, congratulations to the winner of the su- winners of our Super Bowl boxes. We will be getting you guys your merchandise. They were paid that night. Luckily, I was able to watch the whole game at home before I had to go into work. Um, so that kind of worked out. But uh, but yeah, Kansas City. Um, you know, had to come from behind to win this game. Came from behind late. Um, you know. Uh, the Eagles, I wouldn't say ever looked like they were in control of the game at any time. I know up at one point they were up by, I believe, 10. Um, let me go back to my little my little recap here on my phone. Uh, but I believe they were up by 10 at one point. Yeah, going into um, going into the half. Uh, but at no point to me did it ever feel like the Eagles were in control of this game. And maybe, you know, like I said on the last episode and like I've said in the past, maybe it's because I'm a Jets fan and I've had to watch games against Tom Brady my entire life. So I'm not necessarily going to ever count out the caliber of quarterback that we've seen, Pat Mahomes, and stop. Stop, stop. Before anyone gets there, Hector and I had this conversation last week. No, Patrick Mahomes is not in the GOAT conversation right now as far as achievements and things like that go. He's on a trajectory to definitely be in that conversation, but right now he is not. But talent-wise, talent-wise, we've seen Patrick Mahomes enough times do ungodly things, especially late in the game, that I don't think you can ever count him out. So... Um, but yeah, no, at no point did, did the Eagles ever feel like they were in complete control of this. The chiefs didn't look like they would win it the whole game. If that makes sense, they didn't look like they were a lock to win the game throughout the whole game, but they looked like they were never out of it, even down by 10. And I know 10 is just two scores, not like it's a monster comeback, but they never looked like they were defeated. Like they were out of it. You know, we've got Patrick Mahomes completing 21 out of 27 passes for 182 yards, three touchdowns. The game plan for the Chiefs was simple. They kept the ball on the ground. They kept the Eagles defense at bay. That master pass rush, you know, that that issue in the secondary that the Eagles are, you know, they really kept that at bay by just running the ball. I mean, Mahomes only had 182 yards. The over the like the minimum under for his yards was like over under was like two fifty or two forty or something like that. So one hundred and eighty two isn't anything crazy. The three touchdowns is obviously nice, but here's the stat line that is really important. And again, it's the running game. Isaiah Pacheco, fifteen carries, seventy six yards, one touchdown. 
The Chiefs just move the ball, you know, efficiently on the ground. It's not like they controlled the time of possession because I think the Eagles had it for, I don't know, something like double what the Chiefs had, um, you know, but the Chiefs were able to move the ball efficiently on the ground. They covered 158 yards total on the ground. One of those coming from uh, a big Patrick Mahomes 26-yard scramble. You know, they hit all the right plays at the right times in order to win this game, and they just moved the ball well on the ground. Obviously, through the air, you got Travis Kelsey, 81 yards and a touchdown. Um, I believe he was the first Chiefs touchdown in the game. Juju Smith-Schuster, seven catches, uh, 53 yards. He had a decent game. Now, this is a guy that's kind of had like an up-and-down career over there in Pittsburgh. He comes to the Chiefs not really sure what he's going to do, but he played a good role in this game. And we'll get back to him and Bradbury a little bit later. Um... And then, obviously, the Chiefs' defense, the big one here is the fumble return for a touchdown by Nick Bolton. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts went to to roll out. I believe it was a designed run, if I can remember correctly. Um, and he just lost the ball, and Bolton was in the right place at the right time and scooped and scored. Um, he actually had another one later on in the game. But that was called back um, due to a penalty, I believe. So he would have had two in the same game, which I think would have been a first in NFL history. But... Overall, I mean, the Chiefs defense, you know, they got after it. They scored a touchdown that was obviously big in the three-point game um, and the ground game, the ground game. The, the Chiefs didn't do anything flashy. You know, you wonder if they learned from their last Super Bowl appearance where they played the Buccaneers and Patrick Mahomes. That, that's how the Buccaneers won, right? They got after Patrick Mahomes. They forced him off his spot, and he's a great playmaker outside the pocket he's a great you know think on your feet kind of guy but when you're doing that all game and your receivers aren't catching the ball it's impossible to win a game the Buccaneers exposed that so Andy Reid comes back this time and says all right bet we're not gonna throw the ball a lot 27 passing attempts 182 yards we're just as equally balanced 26 total carries on the ground for 158 yards we're just going to go out there, we're going to control our pace of our game, and we're going to do the things that we need to do, straight, simple, fundamental football. Andy Reid, in all of the simplistic ways, pulled out all the stops, and it doesn't require anything crazy. Then on the flip side, we have the Eagles, who led for most of the game, owned the time of possession. Um, some people I know, some Philly fans I know, because of that time of possession, because of that 10-point lead, were already buying tickets and booking, taking off for their for their Super Bowl parade, but um, obviously a little bit too early for that. Jalen Hurts, despite the fumble that, that was a huge part of this game, uh, Jalen Hurts played a great game. I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to come out here and call him elite and call him in the same category as Patrick Holmes or anything like that, but... He's a very good player. He's a great player, and he played great in this game. This kid threw 27 completions out of 38 attempts for 304 yards and a touchdown, only got sacked twice. Those two sacks were for a loss of a total of two yards, right? But he goes out there, and he has 15 carries, 70 yards, three touchdowns. Now, take that with a grain of salt. Because I've been the first person to say, and it holds true here, if your quarterback is leading the game in rushing attempts and rushing yards, you're probably not going to win, right? Every now and then, right? I'm a big person, big proponent of that when it's the Bills. Obviously, it works out here as well. But 
I want to caution by saying this isn't on Jalen Hurts. This kid did, he threw for 304 yards. He was responsible for 374 yards and four total touchdowns. I don't know what more you want him to do. Jalen Hurts, yes, he had the fumble that was returned for a touchdown, but this kid went out there and he balled out in his first Super Bowl. Congratulations to him. Uh, Devonta Smith, seven receptions, 100 yards. He had a great game. He had a great uh, I'm 45 yard. I believe it was Devonta Smith who had that touchdown. Um, no, that's that's wrong. It was AJ's uh, AJ Brown, who I'll talk about next. Uh, but Devonta Smith had a great game. Like I said, seven receptions, nine targets for 100 yards. AJ Brown, six receptions, 96 yards, and he's the one who had that long 45 yard touchdown. Um, frankly, if you watch the game, that should have been an interception, but the safety got turned around, and a touchdown is a touchdown, no matter how you get it. We'll come down to Dallas Goddard, six catches, 60 yards. He was a force in this game. He seemed like he was just unstoppable. He was, he's, he's turning into the, one of the league's better tight ends. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend where, where he falls. I know where he falls statistically, but Dallas Goddard just, he seemed unstoppable in this game. He got open whatever he wanted to. He blocked well. He did everything great. Like I said, Jalen Hurts. Big fumble, big loss, um, you know, in a three-point game, losing seven points. I mean, that's potentially a 14-point swing right there, right? You're taking seven points off the board for your own team and putting seven on the on the board for the other team. That's that's right then and there, 14-point play. Um, 12, barring extra points. Um, but, I mean, that was huge. That was huge. Um, again, I'm not knocking Jalen Hurts for it. Um, shit happens, obviously, it's an unforced error. It's an unforced fumble, um, you know, but shit happens. And when you're out here scoring four touchdowns total, you know, you're allowed a mistake or two. It was just a hell of a mistake, you know, and the Eagles defense, you know, they got after Mahomes. They got five hits on him, but they didn't get many tack or many sacks. I think they've got zero, zero sacks. They hit him five times, but zero sacks. And that just goes to the Chiefs' game plan, you know, just being able to keep Mahomes healthy, right, because he was dealing with that high ankle sprain, keep him out of trouble, keep the ball quick, easy, on the ground, simple football, you know. I know a big storyline in this game was the field. <laughs> the NFL spent, I don't know, what, $50 million or something, $80 million, whatever it was, something crazy and two years growing this specialized Super Bowl grass field just to paint over it and watch everybody slip. I know one of the big storylines at halftime was the Eagles players um, switched out their spikes for like three-quarter-inch spikes, which seemed to help a little bit with the slipping and sliding. But um, but I know that this has been a storyline throughout the year with the league having bad fields and the turfs, uh, the new turf causing more ACL tears, all of these things. That's a big storyline that I haven't heard post-Super Bowl people really put, put digging on, um, which I'm surprised because you would think that they would. For me, it's a bigger storyline than what everybody else is focused on. Um, I feel like that impacted the game way, way more. Um, but let's talk about it, right? Let's talk about it. The Chiefs score, you know, um, Jarek McKinnon, by the way, um, they tied up. Uh, the, the Chiefs had... Uh, had tied it up. Jarek McKinnon goes down, and uh, that's something I want to talk about before I get into the whole the whole penalty. Um, what a 
what a selfless move by McKinnon. And I'm going to start off by saying, I, I know Hector, Hector will sit here and say that he would take that knee every day of the week. I would not. I would not. It's, it's many of the reasons why I don't rank amongst the, the good people in the world, because you're telling me that I have a chance to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I'm going to keep that ball. I'm, I don't care if I win or lose. I'm going to go down in history of scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, and McKinnick slides and takes a knee. Obviously, the Eagles defense were letting him go. Um, you know, they waste the time, kick the field goal, win the game. You know, but that was that was a hell of a selfless move that I don't know that I could have ever done. You all might feel differently. You all might be able to say that, hey, yeah, no, you know, you put the team first, and everyone can say that when they're not in the moment. I promise you in the moment I just would have gone for it. I would not have thought about anything else in this world other than crossing that. It wouldn't have even – the situation wouldn't have even occurred to me. Like, you could have told me in the huddle, hey, man, they're going to let you score, so don't. I'm single focus, narrow mind, simple man. I would have <laughs> – goal line, touchdown, yeah, and I would have celebrated while everyone wanted to kill me. It's It would have been bad. Um, but obviously uh, before this – uh, game extending drive, uh, or drive extending penalty is what I should say. Um, James Bradbury, Juju Smith Schuster, holding call, extends the drive, gives the Chiefs a first down, allows what I just brought up the McKinnon situation and the field goal to even occur. Um, I know a lot of people on here, there's a lot of back and forth different angles, different still photos, different videos, you know, from different ways saying he did hold, he didn't hold. Look at this. It's a ticky-tack penalty. Yeah, Bradbury admitted it, but you shouldn't call that in the final seconds of the year, final minutes of the game. If they don't call that, the Chiefs don't extend the drive. They still kick the field goal, but they give the ball back to the Eagles with a minute and 10 seconds or whatever it would have wound up being. Um... And look, referees, no matter what the outcome is, no matter what the penalty is or isn't, referees will always determine the outcomes of games, right? And people don't realize it. If the referees don't throw that penalty, they're determining the outcome of the game. Literally on every play, a ref could throw a hold. Literally on every play, they could throw a hands to the face or some other penalty because all linemen hold. All linemen stick their hands in each other's faces. There's always something that's going on that everybody's trying to get away with, right? And Bradbury got caught on that one. Whether you think it was a big enough tug or not, it was still a tug. It was still a hold. And you might think it's a ticky-tack penalty, but Bradbury got away with one earlier in the game. It was a similar situation. I think it was in the first or second quarter. Chiefs are driving, maybe in the first quarter. I think it might have been like the, the first drive of the game or something like that. Chiefs are driving down, and um, Juju's coming across on like a slant route. It's about an eight-yard slant, right? And ball gets thrown to him, can't make the catch because Bradbury's got him in an arm bar with his arm halfway behind his back, and no penalty gets thrown. Am I saying that's why the ref threw the penalty later on in the game? No. But that could have been a game-defining penalty. Yeah, it's all the way in the first or second quarter, but this is something that the Chiefs could have scored on that drive, and now this might not even – it could have taken the wind out of the sails of the of the Eagles. It could have forced this. It could have – we could sit here and do the what-ifs, and it could have – all day long, but it doesn't matter. The penalty was thrown, right? The Eagles had plenty of chances. I know I'm not knocking 
Jalen Hurts or calling him a bad quarterback or anything like that for his fumble return for a touchdown. But if that doesn't happen, then the field goal doesn't matter. The you know the Chiefs are in a position where they must score a touchdown instead of a field goal to tie this game up or go for the win. But unfortunately, that happens. If the Eagles could stop the Chiefs on the ground, if they don't let Patrick Mahomes scramble for 45 yards or whatever it was, 26 yards, you know, to extend the drive, this doesn't happen. There's plenty of moments that we can sit there and say, oh, if this happened, oh, if that happened, you know, and ultimately it's easiest for the losing team's fan base to sit here and point at the refs and say, well, that's why we lost in this close game. That's why it's the refs fault. You know, it's, it's the refs who blew this game. It's the refs who changed the outcome, but we've seen the refs not throw the flag, you know, in the final minutes of a game, seconds of the game. Um, uh, who was it? The Rams in, uh, in Minnesota? No, the Saints and Rams. You know, we, we saw that not get thrown when the guy got body slammed fucking 10 yards before the ball got thrown and no call. You know what I mean? So no matter what, we're going to be able to sit here and point out and say, oh, the ref changed the outcome of the game. And I'm an Eagles fan and I'm salty about that. Or I'm a football fan and we got robbed of the Eagles driving down the field. No, we didn't. No, we didn't because it didn't happen. We weren't robbed of a thing that didn't happen. You get robbed of something that you already had and that didn't didn't occur. You feel me? I don't know. I just can't get behind the mentality of, oh, the refs changed the outcome of the game. Jalen Hurts had a fumble return for a touchdown. In a three-point game, there are seven points right there. I already called it. It was a 14-point swing. There's a 14-point difference in that play alone, but we're calling that pass and that, that holding call the defining moment of the game. Patrick Mahomes, earlier on that final drive, had a scramble for 26 yards and like a third or a fourth down to extend the drive. Nobody could stop him. But yet, it's that hold that's a that's a that's a game defining hold that that changed the course of the game. You have no sacks. This is an Eagles team that was historically close to leading in sacks, like all-time leaders on a single season sack record. And they didn't. They didn't sack Mahomes once. So I mean you can't really sit there and point to this one play when the whole game, they really haven't stopped them much. You know, they had a handful of stops early on in the game, but the second half was all the Chiefs, and the Eagles just couldn't catch up. So I disagree with everybody there. I know I'm in the minority. I know that more than just Eagles fans are mad about this. Um, I really wish Hector and I could have gotten together this week because I feel like this would have been a really good back and forth between the two of us. But uh, unfortunately, you just get me. So we got that for the Super Bowl. Chiefs, second Super Bowl in three years. They've hosted five AFC championships in a row. Um, Patrick Mahomes definitely on a trajectory uh, to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And if not the greatest, he's physically one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. Um, And if he continues on this trajectory, then who knows? Who knows what we'll see? Um, next year will be interesting with the Chiefs. Uh, recent news is that Eric Bieniemy is making a lateral-ish, a kind of a d- small diagonal, small slope up 
uh, move. He's going to the Washington Commanders to be their assistant uh, head coach and offensive coordinator and something else that's a title more than what he had now. Longer contract, bigger money. Congratulations to him. Uh, but what this might mean for the Chiefs is how is that offense going to look next year? You know, obviously we've seen a little bit of struggle running the ball. Obviously, Super Bowl kind of ironed that out. But um, with a change at offensive coordinator, is that going to do much to Mahomes and that offense? I don't think so. I mean, at the beginning of the season, when the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill, there was a lot of sentiment out there that uh, Mahomes won't be who he's supposed to be, that Chiefs offense is screwed, all of these things. Clearly not true. Um, but we'll see what the enemy leaving does to that offense and who they wind up bringing in. Um, not that I think it matters much. Reports are saying that um, Andy Reid was always like the main play caller and kind of gripped onto the offense pretty well um, and had that pretty much well within his powers. And I mean, Mahomes is just next level. You don't really ever have to worry about that kid. He understands the game amazingly. He has amazing physical attributes. So I think that team will be just fine. Flipping it over to the Eagles, I know that they're losing their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Um, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see where that defense and offense goes next year. Again, historically close to being league leaders in uh, in sacks overall. Um, one of the better defenses in the league. So changing out your DC going to be interesting to see where that goes. Um, and then you've got the offense. Jalen Hurts had a lot of progression this year, played very well in the Super Bowl. Again, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns. Key mistake, but everybody has mistakes. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes in all of this and what he does next year coming off of a Super Bowl loss and moving forward. I know I'm sure a lot of people out there have seen that um, – what is it? It's like the last or any quarterback. I think it's like any quarterback who loses their Super Bowl debut never makes it back again. You know what I mean? Um, or, or something to that. And yeah, I think it's it's something like that. Um, so does that mean that the Eagles will not win a Super Bowl as long as Jalen Hurts is around? I don't think so. Um, I will say for the Eagles, they do need to figure out their run game. I know a lot of their offense is designed around quarterback runs, um, but it can't be that way. It simply can't. It's one thing for the crazy effectiveness of their quarterback sneaks. That's fine. That's one thing. Uh, but to design your offense where your quarterback is continuously having to use his legs and taking potential big hits down the field, I'm old school. It could get scary, right? I, I mean, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks like that not necessarily succeed and get injured and get good careers cut short. Um, so I don't know. I think the Eagles are in good hands. I like Nick Sirianni. I like Jalen Hurts. Obviously, I like A.J. Brown, um, which is funny that A.J. Brown made it to the Super Bowl because I was told um, that he didn't affect the Titans offense that much and he was easily replaced. So it's funny to see him moved on to the Super Bowl and clearly that not be so true. Um, I hate Philadelphia sports teams. Let me preface what I'm about to say next with that. I hate pretty much all Philadelphia sports teams, but I like 
the Eagles as like a football person. And I'm going to go as far as to say a football analyst with heavy air quotes around that. Um, I like the Eagles. I don't think that they're a bad team. I think they've got a lot of good pieces. Um, again, losing your OC and DC in this offseason is going to be real interesting to see you know, what they do and how that adjustment is made next season. Um, but they do play in a very weak conference. Um, they play in a coin flip of a division. Anybody can win the NFC East at any given time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they rebound um, post-Super Bowl loss. But I think they'll be just fine. I think they're in good hands. Um, I think their their head coach, their GM, and their quarterback are all staple points, and those are the big foundations that you need. Um, so again, Chiefs win. Um, something we predicted, Hector and I both. I wanted a ten point win. I wanted thirty one to twenty one because I had ones in the Super Bowl boxes that didn't necessarily play out. I think Hector had like a four to seven point win there, um, but. Uh, but yeah, it was a, a good football season, guys. Um, thank you to everybody who's listening. I know that in the last couple of weeks and months, really, um, content creation has kind of dropped off. Podcast has been shot kind of sporadically. Um, I've started a new job back at the prison, or back at a prison, not my old prison, but back at a prison. Um, so, uh, you know, the hours are a little bit, I'm still in my uniform. Uh, I just got off of work. Uh, the hours have been a little bit crazy. Um, Hector and I aren't able to meet up as much, but we're going to take the next couple of weeks um, to kind of figure out how to get more consistent for you guys. We got the draft that's coming up. We'll look forward to some draft content that's coming out. We got our boy Jimmy Pibbs all over it. Make sure you follow our Patreon. There's going to be a lot of things coming out, a lot of articles, a lot of draft stuff coming out through the Patreon. Um, we're going to get back to making YouTube videos. We're going to get back to doing a lot of stuff, guys. Um, so thank you for hanging with us. Uh, we appreciate you listening to Breaking Down the Tape. Make sure you give the Nobody is Shiftier episodes a listen. Colbs, he's our man. We love the Shifty Hippo. Go make sure you follow Noble Sports. Braden is our dude. We love him. Whenever Chaz comes back into the fold to do whatever he wants to do, we love Chaz. I know he's over there on uh, YouTube. He recently changed his name. I don't know it off the top of my head, so I apologize about that, Chaz. But go find him. We love him. He's amazing. Um, go listen to Boda Sports. They're amazing. Go follow them. That's James's first and original project um, away from the stuff that he does from us. Um, breaking down the tailgates, the stuff that he does during the college season. So make sure you keep your eyes open for that. And uh, again, guys, I appreciate all the love. I appreciate all the support. Give us a couple weeks. We'll be back to this. Um, we'll be a little bit more consistent once I hammer out how to exist in this non-sleeping world that I find myself in. And um, until next guy time, guys, uh, I said what I said.